You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of Cryptop Scene. You're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope that you've had a great weekend. I hope you have had a good start to your week. I had a wonderful weekend. It was beautiful here in Montreal. I went out. I sat in some parks with my family. It was amazing. I love it. A little bit closer to uh, back to normal life while still staying far away from everyone, as we must do. This month is a spotlight on Unique Leader Records Month. I love this. I'm super stoked about this. I uh, love this record label. They have a whole bunch of amazing bands. Uh, because this is a spotlight on Unique Leader Records Month, they have set up a promo code for Vox and Hops Heads where you can go to the Unique Leader Indie Merch Store. And when you are checking out, you can apply the promo code VOXANHOPS, that's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S, and you'll get 10% off of your order. So you should do that. They have a whole bunch of amazing stuff up there from amazing bands. I strongly suggest that you should go do that. Support Extreme Music. Today, I'm very happy to play a track from one of Unique Leader's bands. This is Catalepsies, Those Who Rot the Souls. As always, turn it up to 11. Here it is. Enjoy it.
to death you should absolutely go check out catalepsy if you do not know who they are they are the russian brutal death overlords they should be on your radar now if they weren't already this track those who rot the souls is taken from their upcoming album which will be available on july 31st via unique leader records and the album is called terra mortus est totally brutal you should check them out. Today I'm with Cameron McBride, the man behind Meth Witch, Voidgasm, God the Bounty Hunter, Bleach Wave. He's also a part of 12X Titans and Bride. Here it is, Vox and Hops episode number 155. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Cameron McBride from Methwitch, Bleach Wave, God the Bounty Hunter, Bride, Voidgasm, and 12X Titans. You uh, are basically uh, a drummer <laughs> yeah. of, 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 of bands. Um, normally it's uh, the drummer that's in all the bands. Right. How are you? Uh, I reached out to you because Apple Music very nicely put a track from Indwell on my new music playlist two, three weeks ago. Awesome. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> I like this. And I immediately went and just listened to the album. And I really enjoyed it. I was, I'm obviously at home with my family and my wife. And my wife is used to me blasting her with extreme music. But for the first time, she was like, what the fuck is this? That's awesome. <laughs> it, sounds like, it sounds like someone's being murdered. Turn it off. And I, I listen to everything. You know, Cannibal Course to Belfagor to, to, to every style. And she's never been bothered by anything. So That's hilarious. Won the award of bothering <laughs> Jessica to the point where she can't handle it. So I, I've been listening to it in solitude. <laughs> she was in the shower today. I popped it back on. And I, I stand by it. I really enjoy it. Very disturbing. It became a Vox and Hops' album of the week a few weeks ago. Uh, how are you? How are you coping with social isolation? I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Um, just working on a lot of music. Obviously, I have a lot of projects going on. So just finished up the Methwitch album a couple weeks ago. So now I'm kind of focusing on all the other projects and stuff like that. Um, other than that, I'm still working on the weekends. Thankfully, I'm still able to keep my job. So that's cool. So yeah, just working and then working on more music. That's cool. That's really refreshing. That's so different. Being able to, you finished the album a couple of weeks ago and now it's out. It just start on another thing. <laughs> and it's out. You know, a lot of times like yeah. we'll finish a record in Cryptops and we'll sit on it for six mm -hmm. seven months it must be refreshing to just do it kiss it goodbye and throw it out into the world yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's cool uh let's touch on a lot of these projects are very different so let's see where you came from uh growing up in your parents house or your guardian's house what music was playing where you were not in control of the music what was the soundtrack of your youth uh well i actually grew up in a super christian household believe it or not so um not too much good music coming from my parents' side of things. But um, my brother actually listened to like a lot of punk rock and stuff. So that's kind of where I got started with kind of a little more extreme music, I guess, was uh, like punk bands from the 90s and stuff. What band became quickly your band as opposed to your brother's influence? 
Um, I remember him. He showed me a lot of like older like pop punk and stuff too. I remember getting really into that. I remember one of the first albums I actually bought myself was uh, Life in General by MXPX. So they were like a pop punk band, but it was kind of before it started getting like really like mainstream. And uh, oddly enough, I think they were a Christian band at the time too. So <laughs> yeah, I remember listening to that, and then um, later on, I started getting more into like uh, like new metal and stuff because it was the like the late '90s, early 2000s, and then that's when I found out about Slipknot, and they were like the heaviest thing I'd ever heard at the time. And they still hold up, I think. Like, the first few albums, like, still hold up. So, yeah, I got into that. That got me into heavier stuff for sure. And then a few, a few years later is when I started getting more into, like, uh, death metal and stuff like that. I remember, like, Cannibal Corpse and actually Cryptopsy was one of the first ones I heard. So, yeah, from there, just started branching out even more into crazier stuff. And now I'm kind of going back a little bit. I'm diving more into, like, pop music and that kind of thing. But, uh... Yeah, I just kind of like pretty much everything now. Yeah, because this Meth Witch album is extremely disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> Very dark, and those... I want to touch on your vocals later, but those high screams are yeah. <laughs> really interesting. I want to touch on those later. Okay. Uh, Bleach Wave is far more punk-based, mm-hmm. so that's what you mean where you're diving back into that. Yeah, for sure, and... um the 90s were definitely like very nostalgic for me because that's when i grew up so it definitely has a lot of like that 90s like alternative influence to like smashing pumpkins and third eye blind and that kind of thing so i definitely wanted to go back and do that style and i've been having a lot of fun with it it's, I, I don't know how you have all the time i love it yeah <laughs> just being, being so creative and uh, just no limitations it's, it's it must be very refreshing yeah definitely uh, take me to the, your first time on stage first time on stage i think it was 2010 was the first show I ever played and it was with a Christian metalcore band I was in and it was kind of around the time where Gent was like kind of starting to come into play so we were kind of like a Genty metalcore band and it was at this venue called The Compound it was a smaller venue it was really cool Um, not a whole lot of people there but it was super fun and uh, it was kind of funny because it was our first show, but I guess our vocalists couldn't get off work. So, um, <laughs> yeah, one of the vocalists that's actually in 12 Titans right now filled in, like, super last minute and pretty much just, like, freestyled the whole set when we were playing. Cool. So, yeah, it was kind of a lot of last minute stuff going on, but it was still really fun. And that's when you were hooked? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, is Methwitch a solo project or a lot of these projects solo projects except for voidgasm and 12x titans uh yes um so all of them are solo and then i play guitar for uh voidgasm and 12 titans that's right so so is there ever a possibility of getting a meth witch tour is that something that you would imagine happening um i have a lot of people ask me about it probably not though just because trying to play like ringleader with the band and trying to teach people stuff and all that kind of thing is just super stressful and it's a lot easier just to kind of go at my own pace kind of put out music whenever i i want to and stuff like that and then especially with this newest album i feel like a lot of those songs would be really hard to pull off live the way i'd want them to i need like a like a slipknot amount of people on stage <laughs> to pull it <laughs> off so yeah it's just 
really stressful. So I kind of feel like I just stick to the, the solo project route with Methwitch. Is that something because something happened in your past that you were either disappointed in the way bands went, your previous projects that led you to become a solo artist? Um, yes and no. Like I, like I still play in a couple full bands and I really enjoy that. But um, it is really nice just being able to have full, like, creative control of a project. And like I said, to be able to go at my own pace as well. Um, I could go as fast or as slow as I want to with it. So I think I definitely prefer solo projects at this point, especially now that I'm uh, like working full time and that kind of thing. Uh, it's just whenever I have a little free time, I could start working on a project or something. It must be hard to, uh, a lot of time bands have ideas that get bounced around that have like, it motivates you to move forward. So where do you find the motivation to motivate yourself to push forward and to complete projects once you started them? I don't know. I think I just really like creating a lot. That's why I have so many different projects of different styles and stuff like that. And, um, I'm actually trying to get into a career as a songwriter, like writing for pop artists and stuff like that. So I definitely try and stay as uh, diverse as possible with my songwriting and that kind of thing. And I just enjoy it. So that's why I feel like that'd be a good uh, career choice for me. Who would be some of your all-time favorite pop songwriters out there? Oh, man. Um, I don't know actually like specific songwriters too much. There's this one dude. His name is... uh, Lil Aaron, he's actually a SoundCloud rapper, but he writes, too, for a lot of pretty big pop artists. And I love all his stuff. Just super catchy. <laughs> That's awesome. That would be good, uh, a nice retirement career. Yeah, yeah, just for write sure. songs for other people. And exactly. Out there, yeah. <laughs> Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends and talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. Right before we started recording this, I said, do you have a beer on your side? And you said, no, I have a... Mountain Dew Voltage. <laughs> so let's touch on that. So you mentioned that you, you are a straight edge. So uh, how did that all come about? And tell me about your love of a Mountain Dew Voltage. Um, it kind of started because uh, around the time that I started claiming was when I started going to public school. Like I said, I grew up like a Christian household and stuff like that. And um, obviously public school, public high school, everyone's out partying and stuff like that. And that just wasn't really my thing. And also... Uh, grandparents had some issues with like smoking and drinking and stuff like that and i just decided at kind of an early age that that wasn't really something i wanted to chance getting into like i have no problem with people being responsible and drinking and stuff like that like it's it's a personal choice for me so other people doing it doesn't bother me at all it's just something that i didn't want to really chance like going down that path or anything on that note, <laughs> I here have a, a brew that was brought to me yesterday from the fine people from uh, Villain. They are called uh, Villain Brasseurs, and they are brewed here just outside of Montreal in uh, Joliette. This is their new stout. It is just on the market right now. It is a cold brew stout. It is a collab with a coffee house up here called Noble, which is a really cool place on Laurier Street. And uh, I've never had it, so... Uh, Thank you for sitting down with me so that uh, we can cheers your Mountain Dew and my beer. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let me crack this open. Keep telling me about uh, how how was it like you mentioned that. So you in a Christian household, you went to a Christian primary school and then you transitioned to what was that shock like or was it a shock to move? From? It was a huge shock. So the school I went to before the Christian school had about uh, 
I'd say 300 students for the whole school, and that was kindergarten through 12th grade. And I went from that to going to an overcrowded high school that had probably three to 4,000 people in it. Wow. How old were you when that happened? Uh, about 14, 14, 15. And how much of an impact did it have on, on you? Were you ready for it? Is it something that you wanted to go to or was it because you moved? I was definitely like not ready uh, for that. I had gone to public school when I was younger. and uh, But I definitely spent like a few years in the, the Christian school. So... It was kind of weird because I went to when I went to public school again, I saw a lot of the people that I went to like elementary school with and stuff like that. But it was years later and they already had like their their cliques and stuff like that now. So it was definitely like really hard to make new friends and stuff like that, especially with how many people were in the school. And it was just overwhelming, super overwhelming. Where where did you fit in? How did you how did you find someone to to link on to? Was it through music? Yeah, I actually. uh took a couple guitar classes in high school. There was actually some uh, some people from elementary school that I went to in those classes too, so I was kind of able to link up with them again. And then, uh, funny enough, one semester after that, I transferred schools again because we had moved. So uh had to kind of start all over again. And that school, I just kind of had like two or three people I was friends with and just kind of stuck to myself because... That school was even more overcrowded. I think it was only three grades. It was just 10th, 11th, and 12th there, and there was 4,000 students. Wow, that must have been horrible. I think my, yeah, I think my graduating class had like 900 people in it. Unbelievable. So, yeah, it was it was nuts. So I'd pretty much just like stick to myself, go to school, come home, and just, yeah, it was hard. <laughs> you just like run home and play guitar? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I, I don't think I've talked about this in the podcast yet. I, I went to a very small high school. We were, I think we were like 90 people the graduating year, 300 people total in the school, and everyone was nice. Nice. <laughs> Especially in, 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 in my, like the last two years of my high school, mm-hmm. everyone was nice. The, the graduating class of the year in front of me were super nice to us. And then my class, we were just all got along. So I am really lucked out. But I can imagine in a school with 4,000 Yeah, it was crazy. (laughs) There's a lot of shit, shit shithead bullies to to either avoid Mm -hmm. or to stand up to. Yeah, for sure. Which I wouldn't (laughs) want to do. I just want to come back to this beer. I'm sorry. I have to do its due diligence. It uh, is very delicious. Nice. It pours out Omni's Black. uh, You can taste that coffee right off the the bat. Um, You can smell the coffee. It's nice and bitter. This is a mocha version, they're saying, and it clocks in at 6.5%. Absolutely delicious. Thank you uh, to the people from Vilang for sending me some brews to share during my interviews. Um, let's touch on the influences that went into this Meth Witch album. I was perusing your Instagram, and I saw my local friend's uh, Ion mm-hmm. Dissonance a record that you received recently and you mentioned that that was one of the big influences that went into this record. Yeah, definitely. They're actually probably one of my favorites as far as heavy music goes. Um, This album, I kind of took a lot of the death metal influence out. I think a lot of that had to do with being in Voidgasm now, since it's a death metal band. Most of my death metal influence goes towards that project now. So there's little hints of death metal here and there in uh, in Zwell, but I kind of took most of that and most of, like the slam influence out, and uh, kind of focused more on like the mid to late uh, 2000s like mathcore kind of bands like uh, Ion Dissonance and Psyopus and See You Next Tuesday, 
and uh, those kind of bands. Definitely a lot of slipped on influence in there too, um, as far as like sampling and kind of noisier stuff goes and that kind of thing. And uh, definitely like a lot of some like industrial in there too, like Nine Inch Nails and Godflesh and that kind of stuff. So it's definitely kind of all over the place, but it's it was kind of fun just to kind of try and throw it all into one thing and just make something crazy out of it. <laughs> But that's what caught my attention was all the, the weird samples in the background and then those mm-hmm. ridiculous high vocals. Yeah. <laughs> talk talk me through recording vocals. Uh, how do you how, what is your your process? Um pretty much I uh try and have all the lyrics done beforehand. There's sometimes where I'll kind of on previous albums where I'd kind of write stuff on the spot, but with this album being kind of a concept album, I had to have everything pretty much planned out ahead of time. And, uh, yeah, just in my studio recording, uh, haven't had any neighbors complain or anything. Thankfully, I'm kind of surprised, <laughs> um, with the high screams, are they actually loud or is it a, is, is it a more of a quiet scream because it's extremely high? Yeah. It literally just sounds like a lady's being murdered. <laughs> like it's, it's, <laughs> it's loud, but, um, yeah, definitely a lot of like, uh, like Danny Filth influence on that for sure. And like Travis Ryan. Two greats right there, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah it's definitely like two of my favorites. And then uh, there's also a band from the MySpace era too called uh, Destroyer Destroyer. I don't know if you've heard them before, but they have kind of like those like piercing high vocals too. So Yeah, because it's not, it's not like Travis. Travis has like his own melodic tone to it. Yours is more like just this unfathomable unfathomable shriek yeah <laughs> just 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 so it, it seems like it's out of control but it has to be in control for you to do it so consistently yeah i mean um there's kind of two different style highs i kind of fluctuate between one's kind of like a little more on the travis ryan side i guess people are calling them like tunnel vocals now or tunnel throat or something so one of them's kind of like a little more along those lines and then the other ones are kind of a little closer to like danny filth where it's more just like a like a chick scream or something (laughs) for me it would be stressful not to sit on material as i mentioned earlier i'm used to like sitting and digesting right before you let it go into the world how, how do you feel do you feel like i'm done with this it's done and you throw it out there or is it like oh let's see what happens it did kind of take me a long time to write this album so i think i've even though i didn't really sit on the album as a whole for too long i've definitely sat on some of the material for a while because i started writing it about two years ago okay so um some of the songs were written uh from the very start of that process so some of them are like two years old uh some of them were finished pretty recently so i've definitely had time to kind of sit and reflect on some of it i actually threw a lot of material out to um if i had kept everything from the album it probably would have been like an hour and a half long because <laughs> it is an hour long yeah. yeah it's an hour long so if i had kept everything it would have been just ridiculous so some of the stuff just kind of didn't really fit like the overall vibe i was going for and still good st- stuff i feel like that i might use later on but it just didn't really fit the vibe of the album. And plus, if you're writing a concept album. Mm-hmm, exactly. Everything needs to fit in. Do you want to touch on that concept and what it is? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much a possession story. It's uh, basically about someone who tries to summon Clonic, which is the, um, the demon of wealth, and goes into it with the really... Uh, selfish mindset and 
just wants to be wealthy and stuff like that and is also super inexperienced uh, dealing with summoning and that kind of thing. So he tries to summon the demon and accidentally opens pretty much a portal to the spirit realm. And all these malicious spirits just pretty much latch onto him. And he's just possessed by thousands of spirits. And they're tormenting him. And he's trying to kill himself and stuff. And they just won't let him die. So it's just pretty much endless suffering. And then finally the end of the album is where he's just like, okay, just do whatever you want. And he just succumbs to it. Sounds like an awesome, horrible 80s horror movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've been throwing Meth Witch out there as much as I can. Whenever someone asks for something heavy, something new, something they don't know, I've been just saying it. So so what would be your um, band that you think people need to know more about that not enough people are speaking about? Um, There's a band from... uh El Paso, they're called No Suffer. I've been friends with them for a really long time. And, uh, yeah, they've kind of got um, some similar influences to a lot of, like, that mid-2000s kind of math core. But they have, like, a lot of hardcore influence, too. So they're definitely a band you should check out for sure. Um, having grown out of... Have you grown out of Christianity? Uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> okay, so do you think that... Is it something that your parents have accepted that you're no longer there? Uh, about that, actually. So, <laughs> um, last summer, I actually finally told them that I was a atheist now. And um, I have been for probably six years or so, pretty much around the time when I started Meth Witches, when I started thinking about that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it was crazy because my dad's actually a pastor too wow okay. and i was that whole time i was still going to his church even though i didn't believe in that stuff anymore just because i didn't want to cause any drama with the family or anything like that and then it's just like a hard thing to break to your parents like when they're that into it and then it finally got to the point where i just couldn't take it anymore and i told them and uh they pretty much disowned me i haven't talked to them in almost a year i guess Oh my god, dude, that's so yeah. sad. I'm so sad. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> well, I hope that they turn around and realize that, you know, religion's just one part of a person. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, they're super super into that um super like conservative extremist too. So how did they feel about you diving deeper into metal throughout as you were growing up? Uh they genuinely believe that I'm possessed. Wow. That was actually one of the last conversations I had with my parents is uh, my mom had known about Meth Witch for a while and she just didn't tell my dad about it. And uh, when all that stuff went down, I guess she finally showed him. And uh, he was trying to tell me some stuff about uh, since how I did martial arts growing up and because I listened to metal music growing up that it opened me up for demonic possession. And he believes that I'm legitimately possessed. <laughs> wow. Did that somewhat influence this new concept like subconsciously maybe i don't know a little bit i had already been working on the album before all that happened because i've been working on it for a couple years but uh i think that's kind of what planted the idea in my dad's head too is because i had already put out the lyric video for brimstone heart and Mm -hmm. he watched it so i think reading the lyrics of that too he was like oh you're possessed so (laughs) when when your father is a pastor are you expected to 
become a pastor when you grow up? Is that standard practice? Um, not so much that, but he pretty much wanted me to do everything that I do to like God's glory or whatever. So he'd want me to make like Christian music and that kind of stuff. If I were to go the music route. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, you might write that big hit for the Christian star. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> also, while I was perusing your your Instagram and your, I think it was on Facebook, maybe you you were somewhat apologizing for having posted a negative review that a fan put up. Yeah, yeah. And I assume that your fans ripped them apart. It was kind of a yeah. It was a huge clusterfuck, honestly. <laughs> so basically, someone wrote like a scalding review. It wasn't even like. If it was constructive criticism, I would have been a lot more understanding of it. But it kind of just seemed like they were wanting to, like, drag me or something. Like, they were pretty much... Uh, they were comparing it to, like, Five Finger Death Punch and stuff like that. And, yeah, it was it was just, like, a ridiculous review. And uh, I wasn't friends with them on Facebook or anything. So um, a mutual friend sent it to me. And they were pretty much like, hey, so-and-so is talking shit about you online. And they posted this crazy review. So I read it and it was just like mind blowing, like some of the stuff they said. They're like, yeah, it's just a generic deathcore album and his lyrics are no better than Five Finger Death Punch and like just like throwing like all these low blows. So I tried making a joke out of the whole situation and I uh, put quotes from the review uh, on my on the Methwitch page. But where I kind of fucked up is I put the person's name on there too and i shouldn't have done that and my mindset and in the beginning of the whole situation was well they wrote the review so like they probably don't mind having their name on it but as it turns out it was supposed to be like a private review for like his friends list only like a private post or whatever so i don't want to cause any more problems or anything because I guess some of my fans were hitting him up and then he had his friends come after me too. And it was just a huge thing. So, uh, I messaged him and then I messaged a couple people that were like involved in the thread too and apologized and stuff like that. And I was being pretty immature about the whole situation. So I felt it was good just to apologize for it and then just bury it. That's good. That's big of you. It's, it's important to number one, I say it all the time on the podcast. Never <laughs> read the comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's another thing I've definitely learned. <laughs> Number two, even more important, you never respond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, yes. it, but it's hard. And I, I do mm -hmm. it myself. I, I drop a new Cryptopsy video and I'm perusing the comments. I want to see what people think. And and out of a hundred positive reviews, we only remember that one negative one. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's the only one. That, it's like we're putting our baby exactly the world for people to judge and uh, i do agree with you though that if someone even if anything you write on the internet is is internet and in public i don't care mm -hmm. if it's just for your friends list i don't agree with that whatsoever if you're writing it is on the internet it's out there on the internet mm -hmm. right but, uh, right for sure yeah good for you for for apologizing it's uh it's not easy to to deal with trolls and right right <laughs> and and internet critics <laughs> mm -hmm. definitely if you could pick your own tour package for you to have the most fun every night, you have such a diverse uh, plethora of, of bands and styles. Meth Witch, which is more math core, extreme, disturbing. Bleach Wave, which is more like 90s uh, punk rock. 
God the Bounty Hunter, which is about to come out, is a little bit more electronic from what I've heard. Yeah, it's kind of more like the like SoundCloud rap kind of stuff, like poppy SoundCloud rap. Uh, if you could book a tour for yourself, just for you to have fun to be there every night, with a mix of all of these styles, what would that package be? Oh, man. Um, for the heavier side, I'd probably pick Slipknot, Ion Dissonance, and probably Cannibal Corpse. Those are like my three favorites from the heavier stuff. Um, as far as like the 90s route goes, it'd probably be uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Third Eye Blind, and who else would I pick for that? That's a tough one. Uh, maybe like Sunny Day Real Estate or something. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. In Circles, that fucking song, man. Oh, I know. So good. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, for poppier stuff, uh, probably um, I'll combine like the SoundCloud and the poppy stuff. Probably be uh, Lil Aaron, Kim Petrus, and The Weeknd. That's amazing. I, I I love how varied you are, and out there you are. I and being very honest, you're being very honest with me, and I appreciate that very much. Yeah, no problem. Everyone out there, check out all of these bands. I, I have a, a a weak spot for Meth Witch, but <laughs> you should check out all of the projects. Uh, Cameron, thank you so much for coming, sharing a beer with me. Next time I come through Albuquerque, come out to a show. We'll hang out. Or if you ever make it up to Montreal, let me know. I would be more than happy to come and hang out with you. Awesome. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Cheers, brother. Yeah. Have a good one. Hey, thank you also so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Such a great chat with Cameron. Such a cool, creative person. I love this. I loved how honest he was. I really, really appreciated that. If you are not aware of his projects, you should absolutely go check them out. Cameron is a very, very talented composer, and he's got a bright, bright future ahead of him. Uh, Meth Witch was my album of the week a few weeks ago, and uh, I stand by it. I re-listened to it recently, and it's still fucking scary. So <laughs> cheers to Cameron. Thank you so much for being a part of Vox and Hops. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Make sure you come to Vox and Hops' Thirsty Thursday Virtual Hang, which is happening on Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm super stoked about this. Can't wait to be with you all again. I love these hangs, and the link for that is available in the description of this podcast, and you should check it out. I have one more episode coming at you this week. It's going to drop on Friday, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops hits. <laughs> It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now the podcast about nothing your favorite podcast's favorite podcast do you enjoy nothing <laughs> so do we why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts thank you <laughs>